Well, it's good to be with you this morning. I appreciate uh, you coming to worship uh, today. As we get started, I want to invite you, if you choose to do so, to, to grab your bulletin to pull that out. We're going we're gonna to be using that a little bit this morning as uh, we go through the message that uh, God has for us today. And the first thing that I want you to, to take note of is the sermon title. Uh, as district superintendent, I, I go around from uh, church to church in the district uh, to worship, and one of the first things I always do when I get a bulletin is, is check out uh, the sermon title. Uh, sometimes it's frustrating there is no sermon title there. Other times uh, there is, and I always try to figure out uh, what was, uh, what's going to be going on in the worship uh, due to that uh, title. So this morning you notice uh, there in the bulletin the sermon title is, How Much Does God Care About Me? Now I am sure that you have asked that question yourself before. I'm sure you have. Uh, I have talked to a lot of people over the years uh, of ministry, and that is one of those questions that I always get asked by folks. You know, does God really care about me? Does God really care about the life that I am living? Folks, I have to be really honest with you. The past year of my life has, has been a struggle at times, a great struggle. Uh, of course, we've all dealt with COVID and the challenges of that. Uh, back last summer, I uh, had to deal with cancer, had surgery for that. I've been through radiation, uh, trying to recover from that disease. Uh, my father died back last fall. So I've had an interesting year. And I have to be very honest with you, I have asked this question many times during the past year. You know, God, do, do you really care about me? God, a lot of things have happened here, and I don't understand why they've happened. Do you care about me? Well, I want to deal with that question here this morning. I want us to, to look at some scripture here this morning. I want us to look at the Word of God and, and, and see where we get with all this. So there with your bulletin, I, I want you to look down at the bottom of that page. There's, there's a box there that says Sermon Notes, and I want you to take a look at our uh, passage of scripture. It's two verses that we are going to focus on uh, here this morning. Now, I'm going to share some other scripture with you as we go along, but, but these are the two verses that I really, really want us to concentrate on. All right, this, this may be a couple verses that you'll want to look at as the week goes on, not just this morning as well. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 18 through 19. And and the last time I preached here, I asked you to do this, and I'm going to ask you to do it again this morning. We're going to join together, and we're going to read these two verses, all right? Can we give that a try? Let's, uh, let's read them together. May you be able to feel and understand how long, how wide, how deep, and how high God's love really is, and to experience this love for yourselves. Now, folks, that is my hope for you today, these two verses. That is my prayer for you today, that, that you understand. That's one of the reasons why I wanted you to read that out loud with me today. I, I want you to feel and I want you to understand how long, how wide, how deep, how high God's love for you and for the life that you're living really is, and I want you to experience it here today. I want you to experience God's love for yourself here today. Folks, you see, I think the most important thing that you believe in life is what you believe about God. All right? 
You have a belief about God. You see, what you believe about God, it affects how you deal with your past. And it influences how you live in the present. And your belief in God is going to affect the way you face your future life. Now, unfortunately, there are a lot of things in this world today that I believe can distort our view of God. Now, our background, our, our past life can distort our, our view of God. Painful experiences that you have had in life, struggles that, that you have gone through can distort your view of God. You know, what other people tell us about God, or, or maybe our own insecurities that we have about God can distort the view that we have of Him. And finally, the, the main thing that can distort our view of God is the sin in our lives. This sin problem that you and I have. And so the result of all these things working against us in our lives and in the world is that, is that a lot of people in today's world have this inaccurate picture of God because they really don't know what He is like. You know, some people that I've talked to think God is like this big impersonal force out in the world today. You know, may the force be with you. And then some people think that God is like this judgmental parent that you can never please. And then some people think God is this big pushover. You know, I can do whatever I want. Folks, if you don't have an understanding about what God is really like, then I believe you are building your life. You could be building your life on a faulty foundation that could collapse when a major conflict, challenge, struggle comes your way. And so this morning I want us to look at what God says about himself. Because I believe if more people understood who God really is, they would love him, they would trust him a whole lot more. Now sometime ago, folks, I saw, I saw a bumper sticker that said this, God cares about you. All right, bumper sticker. Now, now that is a nice thought. But the question here this morning, is it really true? You know, does God really care about me? Folks, the answer is God has proven his care for us in, in countless number of ways. But we're going to look at three of them here today. This is where your little sermon notes, the box there, we're going to fill in some blank, comes in. First, God cares enough about you to reveal himself. You may want to write that down. You may want to go back to these as the week goes on. Maybe when you face a challenge in your life. God cares enough about you. God cares enough about me to reveal himself to us. Hey, if God didn't choose to let us know what he is like, then none of us would have the foggiest idea about who God is. But God wants you to know what he's like. Now, I think we can learn a lot about God by just looking at, at the world around us in which we live. Have you seen a sunrise or a sunset lately? Absolute beauty, rainbow, flowers, God's beauty all around us. But the most important thing that you need to know about God, folks, you can't learn from nature. And so God came up with another way to reveal himself. God came to earth in a human form so that humans could understand him. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verse 32. Hear this verse, folks. Listen to what it says. Jesus is the light who revealed God to the nations. Did you hear that? Jesus is the light. Jesus was the source 
that revealed God to the nations. To who? To you and to me. Jesus came to earth to reveal what God is like. And so that brings us to this critical question that you and I have got to think about and have got to answer. Was Jesus telling the truth when he made comments about being the Son of God or the Messiah? Was he telling the truth when he said that? Folks, the most important issue that uh, you'll ever have to settle in your life is this. Is Jesus Christ God or fraud? Is Jesus God or is he a fraud? Well, here's the answer, folks, that I have discovered in my life. Jesus proved it. He proved that he was God by dying on the cross for you and for me. He proved it from rising from the dead some three days later. And that's why we celebrate Easter. And that's why we are here today. Jesus proved who he was. He, he proved who he said that he was. And so the question is, what do we know about God because of Jesus? All right? So God sent Jesus. Now what do we know about God because he sent him? Well, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. Now, we're not going to read all those verses, all right? But you may want to go back later on today and check out that chapter. Chapter 15 of the Gospel of Luke. Now, there, in that chapter, Jesus told three stories with basically the same point. All right? Three stories. The first one was about some lost sheep. All right? There was a shepherd that had a hundred sheep. One day, one of those sheep gets lost. So what does the shepherd do? The shepherd leaves the 99 sheep, and goes and looks for the one sheep that is lost. And then Jesus told a story about a woman who had 10 coins, and she lost one of those coins, and she searched high and low all over her house for that coin until she found it. And when she did, she had a party, and she invited all of her neighbors to join in that celebration. And then the third story that Jesus told in that 15th chapter of the Gospel of Luke, the one that's maybe the most familiar, maybe you've heard it before, is about a man who had two sons. The youngest one decided to take his inheritance, to move away to a foreign land. And while he was living on his own, this young guy, he wasted all of his money. He wasted all this inheritance. And so finally the son decided, hey, it was a whole lot better back home so he went home expecting to be considered a servant or, or even a slave instead of a son because he had messed up and he had spent all of his inheritance. But when the father saw him, he ran to him, hugged him, accepted his son home. They also had a party because his son, who was lost, was now found. So what do you think Jesus was, was trying to teach us in these three stories? What do you think? You know, well, what's the common denominator here in these three stories? Well, folks, the common denominator is that in each story, something that was very valuable was lost. Here's the point, folks. We matter to God. You and I, we matter to God. He cares more about you than you will ever understand or ever know. God will not rest until each of us is found. Thank you, Lord. Second, number two, let's fill this one in. God cares enough to rescue you. God cares enough about your life and about my life, about each of us, 
to rescue us, to rescue you. Now, you may have never realized how much you need a Savior, but you do. I do. We all do. You see, folks, I have this sin problem. All right? Guess what? You've got a sin problem, too. <laughs> We've all got this sin problem. But Jesus died to rescue us from our sin. You see, folks, Jesus came to rescue us from a meaningless life that many people in today's world are living. Maybe some of us here today, some of us are just going through day by day, just trying to exist, just trying to make it through the, the next day, just trying to survive. Folks, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to just survive. Jesus came to give us life and to give us life abundantly. And Jesus came also to rescue you from the fear of death. And I know many people in today's world have this fear about, about dying. But Jesus came to rescue us from that. Jesus wants you to know that there is a place for you when this earthly life is over. Your life doesn't have to end. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Listen to this, folks. Good stuff. It says, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The what gift? The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Not a lot of free things in today's world, folks. But here's one that is. One day our bodies will wear out, but that will not be the end of us because we were made to last forever. Charlie Miller was, uh, was, was a diver. Uh, years ago, he was preparing for, for the Summer Olympics. Now, Charlie was, was not a Christian, but Charlie had a lot of friends who, who were. And those friends consistently told Charlie about God's love, the love that God had for him. They, they told Charlie about the plan that God had for his life. They stressed how much Charlie mattered to God. One night, Charlie went over to the pool. To, to practice some diving. And, and because he was preparing for the Olympics, he, he had special privileges. He could uh, use the pool at any time. So he went over one night pretty late. Well, the lights were off that night there in the pool, but Char Charlie could still see because the pool had this glass ceiling, all right? And the moon was shining in. It was bright enough for him to see. And so Charlie climbed up to the platform. He turned around to do his first dive backwards, and he stretched out his arms. Stretched out his arms, just like this. When he did that, the moonlight coming through the ceiling, that glass ceiling, showed his shadow up on the wall. And it formed the shape of a cross. And that was the moment for Charlie. He looked at that on the wall. The cross. And for the first time in his life, his friends had been telling him for years, but for the first time in his life, Charlie felt God's love. And Charlie realized that Christ died for him. And in that moment, on that 20-plus foot diving platform, he sat down and he prayed. And he accepted God's love into his life. 
Well, he was sitting there in the dark when about five minutes later, a, a janitor suddenly walked in and, and flipped on all the lights. And Charlie got up, and as he looked down, he saw that the pool had been emptied for repairs. You see, Charlie mattered to God. Folks, I have no doubt in this audience right now, right now, somebody in this room is facing a major decision, a major challenge in their life. And folks, without Jesus, you may be headed for a disaster. You know, I, I believe that God wanted you here this morning to get you quiet long enough, to slow you down from your busy life, to get your attention so he could say this to you. Somebody cares about you, and that somebody is named Jesus. Folks, you have no idea how much God cares about you because he cares enough to rescue you from all of your guilt. He cares enough about you to rescue you from the meaningless life that you may be living. He cares enough to rescue you from your fear of the future. And then finally, number three, let's fill in the last blank. God cares enough to relate to you. God cares enough about you and about me to relate to us, to relate to you. Now, I've read the Bible a lot over the years in my life, and it's interesting how you read the Bible, and each time you read it, you've, you read a certain passage, you read it, you've read it a hundred times, a thousand times, and each time you may see something different in that passage that you read. But there's one thing that I have always noticed in scriptures that have been very clear to me. The Bible says that you and I, we were made to have a relationship with God. You see, you and I were put here on this earth for a loving relationship with God. You and I, we were created as an object of God's love. But unfortunately, something happened along the way. Every single one of us here today, you, me, we rejected that relationship with God by trying to do it all on our own, by trying to do it by ourselves. And so with that, that relationship that we had with God was broken. But here's the good news, folks. God took the initiative to restore that broken relationship. Not anything you or I did, God did. Romans chapter 5, verse 11. Listen to this, folks. Now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends with God. Now, I don't know if you heard that there, but that verse says a lot to us about our relationship that we can have with God. Folks, we can rejoice in a new relationship with God because of what Jesus has done. And look at the last part, or listen to the last part. It says, He makes us friends with God. Did you know that? Did you know we have an opportunity to be friends with God? To be friends with the Almighty? Okay, that sounds great. How do you become friends with God? 
Folks, the same way you have a relationship with anybody else, you've got to talk with him. You've got to spend time with him. You've got to get to know him. You've got to trust him. See, there's one thing different about this relationship that we have with God that's different than any other relationship that you and I have in our lives. The difference is this. God understands us completely. He knows us through and through, and so there's no communication breakdown. Let me ask you this. Have you ever fallen in love with someone who didn't love you back? Have you ever had that experience in your life? I'm sure many of us here today have. Do you remember the pain that you felt by being rejected by that person who you shared your love with? Folks, how do you think God feels? Feels like when he says, hey, I've done everything possible to show my love for you, and you're going to walk away from that? <laughs> how do you think God feels? Here's the question. If this is how much God cares about you, don't you think you ought to care enough about him to get to know him? Folks, we can, we can make a million bucks in life. <laughs> That'd be great. You can get your picture on the cover of People magazine. That'd be pretty cool. You can be a sports star. Now, that would be awesome. You can become famous. But if you don't know God and you don't have a relationship with God, I think you've missed the purpose of what life is all about. I want you to turn back to that first passage of scripture that we looked at there in your bulletin Ephesians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19 I want you to look back at that I think that's a good prayer for us today as we finish things out let me, let me read it for you one more time may you be able to understand how long how wide how deep and how high God's love really is and experience this love for yourself Again, folks, that's my prayer. That's my hope for you today. In the past year of my life and the struggles that I have faced and the many times that I have asked this question, does God care about me? I've thought about those two verses. And I've thought about God's love. And I've experienced His love during those times. You see, I don't want you just to know about it today. I want you to feel it. I want you to experience it. Everything that God has done in revealing himself, rescuing us, relating to us, was done so we can know him. And God didn't bring you here this morning by accident, folks. No, he didn't. He brought you here so you could come to him. And so what do you have to lose? I'll tell you what you've got to lose. Guilt and worry and fear and boredom and bitterness. What do you have to gain? Everything. Past forgiven. New relationship. Purpose for living. What a deal. What a deal God has for us. Get to know God. See what new life is all about. And realize, realize, there is someone that cares about you. And that someone's name is Jesus. Let's pray together.
God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have had to come and worship here today. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Now your Holy Spirit has been at work here today. We thank you for these passages of Scripture that we have looked at, that we have studied. Uh, Lord, they have told us all about your love and your grace. They have told us about how much you care about us. Lord, I know that in a group this size, there is at least one person here today that is struggling mightily in life. They may be struggling with a health issue. They may be struggling with a major decision they have to make. They may be struggling with some issues in their family. So many issues that we're challenged with in life. And I pray, Lord, in this very moment that those individuals that are experiencing that, going through that, they would know of your love in a very real way and they would feel it and they would experience it in their heart right now. God, I thank you so much that you don't give up on us. You never said it was going to be easy. You never promised that we wouldn't have any trouble. But you promised to be with us. In the past year of my life, Lord, I'm thankful that you have been. And I know many others here today feel the same way. So bless us, Lord. Love us. And be with us through all that comes our way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.